I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I'm the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me, as always, is my friend, the professional better, known on gambling Twitter as So Money Sports. And So Money, uh, we are almost two nights into the NHL postseason. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this Tuesday night, uh, just as the Rangers and Penguins are in overtime, the Avalanche have already basically defeated the Predators. They were up 5 nothing in the first period, and Stars and Flames is also going on. Um, but I think we've seen enough from these game ones to to kind of have an idea of, of where the betting market will close for all four games in for the games that are going on tonight for game two. And, of course, we, we watched all four games, uh, game ones, on Monday night. So let's just dig right into it. We'll start again with Boston and Carolina. The Bruins are plus 100, even money dogs right now. The Carolina Hurricanes minus 120. The over-under here is five and a half. Carolina won game one, five one. Uh, I think we'll both agree here that that scoreline definitely flattered them. Uh, the Bruins were probably a little unlucky to not be up early in that game. Antiranta showed really well in goal for Carolina. Linus Allmark started pretty well, but uh, kind of faltered as the game went on, which kind of brings up some some important points to to talk about with the Bruins and how they handle their goaltending in this entire playoffs and, and the series. But I think I got to go back to Boston here. I, I make I made them a favorite in the series. I told we were both talking about how we like this team long term. I like them at twenty to one to, to win the Stanley Cup, uh, and I'm not going to back off. I think you're getting even money uh, in in what is essentially a coin flip. I would still make Boston as a slight favorite even on the road. So I'm backing our Bruins, who even though the scoreline won't suggest it, I think played pretty well. Yeah, I'm completely with you here. I I didn't score that game as a five one final. Um, I thought that the Bruins played a solid road game, but but just couldn't get that goal. And like you said, credit to Antiranta. He kept the Hurricanes in that game. Um, once the Bruins did cut it to one after giving up the two quick goals, I thought that they did return to carrying the play. But, I mean, a bad pinch there by Grizzly led to the 3-1 goal. And after that, um, the 4-1, 5-1 goals, um, it doesn't matter at that point because the final score... Um, just kind of snowballed on the Bruins. Um, I still like the Bruins in this series. I did play um, play them uh, down 0-1. I played them on the on on the series line. A couple of things here. I don't believe that um, Anderson is going to start for the Canes, but that's something to um, wait and get confirmation on, just because of the price. So if Anderson starts, um, there's going to be a bump, and that bump is going to be an over adjustment because. I don't know how much better you can play than what Antiranta gave them, giving up one goal and keeping the Canes in the game. Um, I would actually prefer Anderson in the, um, in the game so that I can get a better number on the Bruins. But e- either way, I'll be on the 
on the Bruins again. Um, hopefully a slightly bigger dog um, in uh, in game two. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see if they go with Anderson. You'd, you'd assume that Brendan Moore would just wait until Ronta shows some cracks in his armor yeah. in the series, right? Like he played, he deserves another start uh, for sure. Uh, I, I like the Bruins series price too. I saw it plus 170 out there. Um, so I'll be in on that one as well. The, the question for me will come down to what, what do you do and what are you looking for in terms of, you know, betting uh, Bruins, let's say if they go with Swayman, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we'll see all Mark again. Uh, he'll, he'll probably get a little bit of a longer leash, but what kind of reaction do you think the betting market will have if there is a uh, goalie switch here for Boston? From my perspective, whenever there's, there's a goalie change, I'm always looking at what the replacement value is, right? So, so you have all Mark and goal, you assess what he gave you. I don't think he played particularly poor in that game. Um, that fourth goal wasn't a good one, but I, I don't think he played poorly. So now you bring in Swayman, even if he gives you something average, that still shouldn't impact the line so much. However, whenever there's a goalie change or whenever there's a um, rookie goalie coming in, into the playoffs, you always see, not always, most of the time you see money coming against that goaltender. So if Swayman does get in, into the series, um, I think that you'll see a bump on um, on the Hurricanes. All right, uh, let's move on to the Bolts and the Leafs, uh, the second game on Wednesday night. Tampa Bay is plus 110 right now for game two, at least minus 130. I'm assuming we'll see somebody come in uh, on, on Toronto. This has already been uh, a little bit of a bump up from game one where it closed. It was minus 121 plus 104 by the time the puck dropped. Uh, the over under here is set at six and a half. There's a couple different things about what happened in game one. At first, like the first glance, like, yeah, the lightning looked terrible. I, I don't know if I've ever seen Tampa play as poorly as they showed in that game. And, you know, I've seen a lot of them as an Islander fan over the past uh, couple seasons. Uh, they just looked off. They looked a step behind each other. They, they, there was no kind of seamlessness to their game, which usually there is. And then the game, the game state was also incredibly strange, right? We had the five minute major right off the jump. Then the Maple Leafs score power play goal for, for themselves. There was a five on three for the Maple Leafs. There was very little rhythm at five on five. So, you know, the head coach for the Lightning, of course, is going to say uh, that he, he didn't learn anything about either team in, in game one because of the lack of five on five. I think that's a little bit unfair to the, the way Toronto played. Like in, in those situations, they handled themselves well. Um, however, I do think uh, we probably saw the worst effort we will see from Tampa maybe this entire playoffs, no matter how long they're in it, uh, in, in game two. And that being said, who's to say that the Leafs don't, continue to play they've been playing well going into the playoffs so uh it's it's a really tough one to glean from game one i'll probably i was on tampa in game one uh, and i'll probably be back on tampa in game two especially if the price is inflated so it's plus 110 right now i probably bet them at that price and i know you're going to tell me you're going the other way (laughs) yeah so i mean i do agree with you in the sense that um that was as probably as bad as we're going to see Tampa Bay play. Um, we know that they're they're going to come out better than um, than what they showed in game one. I was a little bit surprised at how they let that missed uh, five-minute power play impact them to the extent that it did. Um, I would expect that from a young, inexperienced team, but I wasn't really expecting it from them. Um, of course, the Leafs special teams um, were the difference in this game. And even though that game was played closer five on five, you also have to be a little bit careful because 
Um, once that game got to four nothing, nothing else matters after that. That leaves approximately, um, I think it was like 23 minutes of that game where where the team with the lead is just is just playing out the remainder of the game. So, um, like you said, game state matters in that in that situation. Um, the defensive struggles that have plagued Tampa Bay down the stretch were magnified once again in game one. We've mentioned before that a team like Tampa Bay, I still giving them giving them the longer rope, but I'm starting to pay attention now as well. Their defensive struggles are starting to become a problem for me now. Um, another concern I have for the Lightning is that uh, Point just doesn't look right. He he did miss the last couple of games of the regular season, and it's possible that 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 injury is still is still impacting him. So I do think that Tampa Bay is going to take some money. Um, I think that it's not a bad bet at plus at plus one ten. We know that they're going to play better, um, but I think that um, I've been high on Toronto and I'm going to show an edge on the Leafs. So I'll be headed that way again. Yeah, the point thing, it does loom large. I think uh, it's not a well-kept secret that he's definitely not 100%. Um, and you wonder if if John Cooper needs to do something uh, to maybe take some pressure off him. If it's bumping Ross Colton up, I don't know. Because I, I think if you looked at that game, there was probably three players on Tampa Bay that I thought were were decent um, out of 20. So that's a problem. And one of them I thought was, was Ross Colton, uh, who looks fine. And I, the, the Lightning are... Like you said, they've they've earned the benefit of the doubt here, uh, and they've they've earned the right to be bet on at this kind of number. You know, if it, if, and if it bites you in the butt again, then maybe you, you really do reconsider, depending on how game two went. But uh, you mean you brought this point up before we did our last episode, which is you you need to treat every game completely separate from the one that preceded it. It's it's going back to that old adage in baseball, right? Like momentum basically stops with the next day starting pitcher. And in, in the NHL, it's the same thing. I mean, you see it period to period. We saw it tonight with the Rangers and Penguins. Rangers shot out of a cannon in that first period. Pittsburgh sort of weathered the storm and, and, and really took control of that game at five on five uh, after the first intermission. Uh, so I think it's, it's a funny thing. We're going to see, we, we've already seen the uh, overreaction from the Toronto kind of hockey media basically calling the series off They're They're saying Matthews and Marner, the, the monkeys are off their back, which is true. And they were both really good. Um, but that game state truly played to Toronto's favor, especially after the, the five minute penalty. I mean, I, I couldn't believe my eyes watching that Tampa Bay major power play. So yeah. it, and it, 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 at one point, like, yeah, sure. You, you do say credit to Toronto for the kill or they did a good job denying zone entries, but they weren't just denying zone entries. The bolts were turning the puck over without any pressure on them in, in weird situations and springing Toronto on those breaks. So just a completely strange one uh, from basically start to finish and credit the leaves for the win. Jack Campbell gets a shutout. Uh, so credit to him too. So we'll see how Tampa responds um, because, you know, if they, they do earn that split coming out of, uh, out of Toronto, then then the whole thing changes. Uh, and that's that's why we love the playoffs so much. All right, let's move to St. Louis and Minnesota. The Wild lost 4-0 in game one. St. Louis, man, uh, this team, they don't really care what the possession numbers look like after a game. They are going to take their chances. Great goaltending for Ville Husso, who outdueled Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, for game two, it's minus 130 for Minnesota, plus 110 for St. Louis. It's just about where it closed for uh, the first encounter over under here is set at six and a half. I, I bet the blues before in the series and 
I, I continue to be high on this team. I think that people are, are underrating them because I think models have a tough time judging just how good they are. And I don't see myself stopping. So, I, I mean, I'm closer to St. Louis again uh, in this one. And I, I really do think that this Blues team is, is sneaky. Uh, and if they can get through the series, we'll have uh, give give Colorado a handful. So I, I'm I'm really continuing to to be bullish on St. Louis, uh, and we'll see how how this number moves. But I, I like I'm closer to the Blues, and once again, I know we'll have a little bit of uh, disagreement because you're all of a sudden the world's biggest Minnesota Wild fan. <laughs> Um, I thought that the Wild were fine for the most part, 5-on-5. Their special teams let them down. Um, I felt that um, their game one line was inflated, and we saw that adjust steadily throughout the day with with the Blues closing as a small dog. In this game, um, I don't see anything that would um, have me change my thoughts on the Blues being a, a small road dog. So we'll have to see where that line goes. If the if the Blues stay at the plus 105, plus 110 range, I'll leave it alone. Um, but if we see movement where there's overreaction on the, on the 4-0 score line, then I'll be on Minnesota. If for whatever reason, um, Minnesota gets back to the minus 120, minus 125 range, then I'll be on the Blues. So it's just, um, it's, it's going to be price- price dependent we'll see where that um this is this is such a polarizing series so mm-hmm. we'll see where that um where that price goes in the morning i do want to note that that huso he, he was just really good and if he can yes. answer that if he answers that question for st louis that's what I, why i'm talking about being bullish on them and them being sneaky because if he plays like that uh, they're going to score enough to make his performances matter um so so tip your cap to ville huso who uh continues his breakout season for the Blues, uh, the other Western Conference game on Wednesday night, Los Angeles, they pulled the upset in game one. They're plus 170. That's uh, right about where they closed uh, for, for game one against the Oilers. The Oilers minus 200. Uh, the over on here is six and a half. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because of Mike Smith. Uh, we watched Mike Smith put together maybe one of his three or four best stretches of his NHL career over the second half. And the Oilers play much better defensively in front of him to kind of help buoy his, his game and get them into the playoffs in great form. So much so that I didn't hear that many naysayers surrounding Edmonton in, in the kind of mainstream media, which usually happens right around the playoffs because of this team's pedigree. So of course what happens is Mike Smith turns into a pumpkin in game one and gets completely outdueled by uh, Jonathan Quick. The Oilers really controlled the run of play. They had uh, 4.2 to 2.6 expected goal situation uh, advantage at all situations, according to Money Puck. So uh, it's it's really hard to not go back to Edmonton here, but I, I'm going to do it by backing them to win the series. They're minus 115 right now. I trust that the Edmonton Oilers that we saw for the last 38 games uh, under Jay Woodcroft in his since he took over for Dave Tippett is, is the Oilers that will end up showing up in the series. And for the most part they did, it's just the goalie didn't. So I'll do it again. I'll go back to Mike Smith again and I'll go back to the Oilers and I'm going to bet them uh, to win the series minus minus one fifteen. This game was uh, personally painful for me, uh, not only because of the under, but because of uh, what I feel about the Oilers. Um, I was surprised at how wide open this game was. And even more surprised that in a wide open game, the Kings came away with the win. Um, of course, Mike Smith uh, has a has a lot to do with that. I doubt in this game that the Kings want to make 
make that style of play a habit in this series. So I would expect the Kings to tighten it up again, um, or or at least try to. How much worse can Mike Smith play, right? So um, for that reason, um, I will be going back to the well on the under here. It's um, it's six and a half. It's pretty much the same line as um, as game one. Um, I'm not going to um, change my outlook just yet. So um, I'll be back on the on the under in this game. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called the, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. All right, let's flip the page to Thursday now. Uh, like I said, we are recording this uh, late on Tuesday night. So these games, uh, either the game once just ended in case of Capitals and Panthers, still ongoing in the case of Rangers and Penguins and Flames of Stars, or in the case of the Avalanche and Predators, their game was over within the first four minutes. Uh, uh, Colorado was up 5 nothing by the time the first intermission started. So uh, we do have a pretty good sense of how these things went in game one uh, for each game, but uh, we, we are going to do our best. And plus we already saw where the game one lines closed. So we have really good idea of what the betting market should look like for Thursday. Uh, let's start with the game. We do have a line for that's Washington and Florida. We were talking about how the capitals do have enough signals here uh, to, to be live against the, the cats and, they, they paid off uh, in game one, one as a two to one underdog in a fully deserving win. The Caps and Panthers kind of flipped roles where Washington was the team dictating tempo at five on five. Panthers got good goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky for the most part, uh, but they just gave up one or one to two, uh, too many good looks for Washington. And when you do that with a team that has the scores and the playmakers that the Caps do, you're going to pay. And the Panthers paid. I think they were a little naive in this one and, basically ate their medicine uh, coming back here. It's minus two thirty for Florida caps plus plus one ninety. So basically a little bit sh- uh, shorter on Washington than what we saw in game one, which is to be expected off the win. The over under here, six and a half. I mean, do you just go right back to Washington here? I do. I do. I mean, the capitals did exactly what we speculated they could do. They forechecked, they neutralized the Panthers speed. They played a physical game and they ended up being even in goal. We were expecting that if the Capitals win, um, then we would see Bobrovsky struggle, which which he did not. But Vanacek um, was was good enough, and sometimes that's that's all it takes. I don't see any tangible reason why the Panthers should be a higher favorite than what they closed Game One. Any premium after the way that this game was played is just based on narratives. So we'll see where this number goes. But if we're adding a there's no way they can go down 2-0 at home premium, um, I'll be on the Capitals again. The way that this game played out, there's just no no reason for for that line to be any different. 
Yeah, I think we we, we touched on this lesson in game one and, and before game one about these kind of must win narratives that you can bet against. And usually uh, you'll you'll catch a good number. Um, one thing I, I, th- I think the, the biggest lesson and when you're talking about a game one, you're you're really, you know, it's just one game of hockey and, and playoffs or not. There's there's so much there's so little you can really take from them. But one thing I, I think that really does benefit the Capitals here is that the Panthers are the type of team that they are so good at getting separation. And I mean that on the scoreboard, right? They're so, so good at putting multiple goals uh, in between them and their opponent and causing their opponent to open up because they got to take risks when you're down three, one, you're naturally going to need to take more, more risks and uh, play a more open style. And as soon as they don't get that, uh, they're in, they're in a little bit of trouble because they're they're not as good in uncomfortable situations as uh, an elite team should be. Washington is the type of team that will stop a team from getting separation. I should say it's like they they're so they will gum up the the neutral zone. They are very structured defensively. They will do whatever it takes to slow the game down and keep you from turning it into a track meet. So it like we were saying from the uh, from the jump in our last episode that this this is a, just a tricky matchup. It's just not as straightforward for for Florida as as people will think. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where this line goes because, like you said, there's there's two kind of conflicting things narratives going against each other. One, Washington looking great and outplaying the Panthers, and the other one is people thinking on oh, there's no way the President's Trophy winners are going to go down 0-2 uh, on home ice. Um, so. Just, just a fun one to watch and monitor here uh, as we get closer to puck drop on Thursday. That would be Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. The other early start on Thursday will be Pittsburgh at New York. Like I said, they're in a crazy playoff overtime game right now. Louis Domingue is in the game uh, for this the is, Penguins. Th- this is wild here. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy game. Uh, the This line opened, excuse uh, me, closed, minus 140, plus 120. Uh, Rangers is a home favorite. I would expect it to close. This is a weird situation now because of the Domingue thing, right? Like if Casey DeSmith is given the, he's hundred percent healthy. Um, he looked great in, in this game. Pittsburgh will, I think close shorter than they did for game one because the Penguins outplayed the Rangers, especially in the first three periods. And the Rangers had a great first period. They were all over the Penguins, but that's what you expect out of a home team in game one of the postseason, right? And the Penguins weathered that storm only let up one goal uh, DeSmith looked really good. They dragged this game into uh, deep into the night and they were the better five on five team. This is kind of what we expected when we were previewing the series. Pittsburgh, the better five on five team, the Rangers, better goaltending. And as good as DeSmith was, I think, you know, what, what, what can we say about Igor Shesterkin? Last I looked, the Penguins had 71 shots on goals and on goal and Shesterkin had let up three and had saved, I think, three or three and a half goals above expected. When, when you're letting up three goals and still have a plus three and a half goal saved above expected, I mean, <laughs> that's just outrageous, yeah. uh, which, which kind of sets it up like this. It's really hard to see the Penguins losing games when they play this well, and it's also really hard to see the Rangers lose games when Igor's playing this well. So, you know, what gives here? I'll, if the Smith is in, if, if, he's, if he's given the, the, the clean bill of health, I'll go back to Pittsburgh at this number. But that will obviously be a, a pretty big question now. I am fascinated by this game, and I'm all in on this series. This is a this is outstanding hockey here. We need to see who's going to win this game, obviously, uh, because when you have these long overtime games, there is um, there is a narrative that gets built in that the team that loses loses the long overtime game that they become demoralized and 
um, it's tough for them to get up and blah 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 right so I think that that's gonna that's gonna impact the price here as well obviously the goaltending is is going to be the biggest issue we've identified that when we previewed this series as well I was okay with Casey DeSmith and he's been fine I'm not okay with Louis Domingue so um, I think that we'll have to see if he does get the start where where that number goes but if Louis Domingue is starting um, regardless of how this how this um, game goes if the Rangers are any shorter then I'll be on them yeah <laughs> yeah Louis Domingue man and we can't we can't you just can't make it up we yeah. might see a playoff game with with him um, after what what Pittsburgh's endured uh, with with Jari and now to Smith um, all right the other games uh, are out west on Thursday night, uh, Nashville, like I said, they got pummeled from the get-go against Colorado. They closed plus 260 for game one. And, and I touched on this in before game one, which is if the Predators got blown out, if they looked completely overmatched against Colorado, we would likely see this number completely balloon. And I think we're going to see that happen, especially with Dave Riddick being pulled. Connor Ingram came in after, well, I think, goal four or five from, from Riddick. Um, so there's going to come a time when you're going to have to go with the line when it's at its highest, right? Like it's, there's going to be a point where this number gets out of hand and, and I'm going to have to bet Nashville in what will be a excruciating way to spend uh, a Thursday evening. But I, I can, it, it was funny. I, I, I saw this coming. I've been dreading it since before game one, when I saw the line open up and it's, it's definitely coming. So this is a perfect example of, um, where I learned my lesson last year in the in the Colorado St. Louis series, I'm watching this game and they're not even playing in the same building here, right? Like Colorado just came out and I mean, you can say all you want, Nashville wasn't ready or, or like whatever you want to say, but they're just not good enough, right? At the, at the end of the day, they're just not good enough. So, um, I mean, yes, every team has a price. But, I mean, for me to back Nashville at this point, it's just going to, I mean, that's going to be tough for me to get there. I, I wouldn't even bet your money on Nashville right now. <laughs> it's it's one of those situations where I wish uh, sportsbooks kind of released everything and just said, okay, here's how many people we have on Nashville. And yeah. and they release all the information too. So, you know, they can see here's uh here's a sick bastard, Michael Leboff in on Long Island uh, who, who bet Nashville. And oh, but by the way, best what he also bet the Blues every every game last year against the Avalanche too. So uh, you can see he is uh, he's 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 not that smart. But yeah, I mean, like you said, every team has a number, and I think we're going to get there on the Preds. Uh, oh boy, um, Dallas and the Flames. Uh, Dallas was down one nothing after the first. Calgary uh, that game kind of got out of hand too, with a bunch of fighting majors and game misconducts uh, to to players you wouldn't expect to get them. John Klingberg, I think Rasmus Anderson. Uh, as well uh this this game game one close minus 240 plus 200 in calgary's favor i'm I'm assuming as long as things don't get too too out of hand we'll see it just about there uh for for game two i've got nothing here i i just don't think that this game this series is really going to appeal to me uh from a betting perspective unless we see you know calgary go down in the series then i would probably buy back in on them uh to to win it but uh for now just assuming we, we see so a, a kind of a relatively normal finish to this uh, game. I don't think I'll be uh, doing much with stars and flames on Thursday night. So this, this series has been, um, I've identified these games as um, 
as an under series for me. I was impressed with the way that Ottinger held him in the game after um, Calgary came out uh, pretty pretty strong this game. He just um, he gave up that one goal in, in the first period, but he's been he's been fine after that. And we knew what we would get from Markstrom. So this game is going the way that um, I envisioned it. Uh, Daryl Sutter wants to wants to keep it tight. Calgary has um, Markstrom in goal, and Dallas also wants to keep it tight as well because. Um, we mentioned that the depth advantage that Calgary has over Dallas, um, where where they can roll three lines and Dallas can really roll one line right now. So um, it makes sense for Dallas to kind of um, make this a grinder as well. So um, we we did have a six. Um, I doubt that we'll see sixes starting game two, but um, if we get a nice plus money five and a half, then that's the way that I'll be looking for game two here as well. Real quick, before we get to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for uh, the game twos, a lot of column inches were spent on the scoring and the fact that we just witnessed the, one of the highest scoring seasons that the NHL has seen in, in decades. Uh, and people were wondering, will it translate over to the playoffs? Uh, gone are the days where the the common over under set are you know five and a half and you know the odd the five in the NHL. Now it's it's six and a half basically every night um and of the 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 lines that have already popped a uh, six and a half there's a six and a half total on four out of the five for game two that said uh is there anything you've seen so far and once again small sample size caveat that is indicating that what people usually assume about the playoffs right tighter game unders uh are going to come in more often than not uh, is there anything you've seen that is indicating one way or the other there yeah, so I'm um I'm actually a little bit surprised that um, we are we are seeing uh, more more free flow, higher scoring games here. I didn't think that um, that we'd see that. Of, of course, I came up in the era of um, we used to make a killing on um, plus money under four and a half. So you you'd have a game lined at five, and then you'd have a four and a half at like plus one fifty. And I mean, this was in like the Mike Smith, Jonathan Quick era of like the 2011 to 2015 so it's particularly painful for me personally but um we are seeing an increase in scoring and that is surprising to me it's just one game but it does surprise me a bit I do think that as the series go on it's just inevitable that um the games are just going to become tighter right like we're not going to see it'll be hard pressed for me to see Edmonton and Los Angeles playing a wide open game six Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'd, right. I'd be shocked if that happened. So I think that um, it's something to keep in mind. Um, we'll probably keep seeing um, inflated totals. And I think that as the series go on, we'd be inclined to be looking at uh, at some unders here. All right. Uh, that's good to keep in mind. We always thank you for that kind of insight. And now we'll move to uh, top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Wednesday and Thursday, the game twos. Top shelf where mama hides the cookie. Uh, let's start with you. We're both on the same side in this one. Uh, no surprise here. We're going down with the ship. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 going back to the Bruins. Um, we need to wait and see about Anderson's status. I don't think he'll start, but the Bruins are a play either way. Um, the only difference here and why it's relevant and it's important to wait for Anderson's status is that we'll get a better number if he does start. So once that goaltending is confirmed for Carolina, uh, we will be playing the Bruins. Great. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, my favorite bet, I'm looking at the Edmonton Oilers series price. They're minus 115 down one nothing to Los Angeles. As we uh, talked about, the reason that Los Angeles won that game was Mike Smith for the Oilers turned into the Mike Smith that just drives us all insane. Uh, he was not very good. The Oilers controlled play. Like you said, it was a, it was a pretty wide open contest. We'd expect things to tighten up a little bit and with scoring chances at a premium. I'd assume that Edmonton can be the ones to, to polish off theirs while hopefully Mike Smith, even if he just gives average goaltending, if he gave average goaltending to Edmonton uh, the other night, they would have won. They had the better of the expected goals, 4.2 to 2.6, according to Money Puck uh, at all situations. I just trust that the Edmonton Oilers that we've seen since uh, Jay Woodcroft took over in February and then turned into a, one of the best teams in the NHL, they played at 119 point pace under Woodcroft. The Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup favorites, finished the season with 119 points. So the Oilers are and have played for, for a large sample size like one of the best teams in the NHL. And I, I'm just betting that that team is going to show up and can win four out of six against a Los Angeles Kings team that, once again, credit to them for the way that they got to the playoffs. Their five and five play was fine, but they just don't have the finishers uh, to, to hang with Edmonton. So I'm going to lay minus 115 on Edmonton to come back and win this series uh, against the Kings. And uh, with that, we conclude another episode of Line Change. Uh, we will be back on Friday morning to do our best to preview the game threes that are coming our way over the weekend and maybe, you know, try to get you do the best we can to set you up for, uh, you know, Sunday as well. So for so many sports uh, for Michael Leboff, we wish you all the best of luck with your bets for game twos. And hopefully by the time you listen to this, that Penguins Ranger game is over. <laughs>